Ward? Wow. Just wow. It's happening right now. He said some stuff about us. We called him out. He called us back out. He said, let's do this. So let's get to it. We're the people. We're the people. We always say that we are fans first and foremost. We're, we're not a journalist like him. We're not professionals like him. And that's it. He called us out. So on behalf of Hoosiers everywhere, we are the fortunate ones to, to speak up for our people, for us. And I hope we do a good job of it because he's crazy smart and good. But he is not. Powered by... Duke sucks. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you know what we normally do here? We have IU legends on. We're making an exception in this case, but it's an exceptional exception. Eric, give us some details on our, our special guest today. Hailing from San Pedro, California, not too far from where we are right now, where he attended Rolling Hills High School, was one of the best high school players in the country, took a scholarship to the Duke Blue Devils, where he was a four-year starter under Mike Krzyzewski, won an ACC championship, played in the national title game in 86, drafted by the Dallas Mavericks, played overseas, returned to Duke as an assistant coach, had a little bit of success there. I think they won back-to-back -back championships, I think. Uh, also, somehow found time to get his law degree from Duke while that was all going on. Maybe the most interesting thing about this gentleman, a SAG member for quite some time, where my favorite thing appeared in an episode of the classic show, The White Shadow. I mean, that is the best thing about him, no doubt. Also appeared in the movie, I Come in Peace as an alien cop. He's been with ESPN since 1995. He's a five-time Emmy nominee. Uh, kind of not as good as winning three, just, but it, hey, five times. <laughs> uh, he is the 2016 recipient of the Kurt Gowdy Award from the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. He is a New York Times bestselling author. He was named by Sports Illustrated on the Twitter 100 list for being one of the 100 most essential Twitter follows in sports. He's been named one of the 10 most powerful voices in sports by the media uh, by The Hollywood Reporter, 25 most powerful people in college sports by Forbes, one of the most 100 most powerful people in sports by Huddle, and one of the 25 most powerful people in sports media by The Big Lead. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today also had some strong comments about us, the Indiana faithful. Please welcome Jay Billis. So, all right, all right. First, I'm I'm a six-time Emmy loser, not five times. Okay, time good, Emmy good, loser. even better. And it's a different category. I think if I was in your category, I'd have six. <laughs> oh, you do, do you? Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't know what it means to lose an Emmy. <laughs> so you'll have to help me figure out what that feels like. Look, we read through all those accomplishments. So the very first question before we get into the meat here is, what the hell are you doing talking to us? I mean, seriously. I liked your haircut. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you should be on my show, Bald Men on Campus. Let's do it. Let's do it. Jay, let's just get right into it. Yesterday, you made some comments about Indiana University. Uh, and the fan base specifically. I wanna read those comments so that everybody's operating from the same context here. And then we'll kind of get into why we took some exception to that. 
So yesterday you said, quote, Indiana fans are still stuck pining for Bob Knight and the Bob Knight way of doing things. So if that's what you want, then hire a former player and quit with this back to the future stuff. Hire a former player that has candy striped blood in his veins and then get a forward looking plan instead of pining for the way things used to be because they've cannibalized their own program with the last three coaches they've had. And I think that's been a mistake. I don't care for the way that happened, but that's what fan bases do. I just think Indiana fan base has not helped the program. I don't think the results are particularly good. And I think that's a big part of it. I think there needs to be an everybody on board feeling no matter who's hired, but I would go with a former player that has a vision for the program that goes beyond just the let's go back to the way things used to be quoted fairly. I, I think so. I was responding to a question. So, yeah. All right. So Let, let's break it down a little bit here. Okay. We're going to start with Indiana fans still stuck pining for Bob Knight and the Knight way of doing things. Eric and I are of the generation. If you're younger than us, you don't remember peak Bob Knight basketball, right? So us and those older than us remember that we're raised with that witness that and speaking for him and I and the peers around our age, we just, we just want to win. We just want to win. And it's been 1992-93 was our last final four. And I'm not so going to say there's not 2002. Oh, I'm sorry. With, with Coach Knight. With Coach Knight specifically. And so it's been 30 years since Coach Knight was at the height of his powers. And I'm not going to say our parents' generation aren't still there. But... I think what we want to say is that we're no longer like it's got to be the motion offense and that it's got to be all these things that are so a part of what his era was. We're so far removed from that now. We, we just want to get into the NCAA tournament. <laughs> well, you were in the NCAA tournament when Tom Crean was there and, and there didn't seem to be a lot of happiness then. Um, look, Fan bases aren't monolithic. They're not of one mind. And so uh, I, have, I have a certain perception and feeling based upon following this. I don't live in Bloomington. I don't, I don't wear the same clothing that you guys do. So clearly I'm not as invested in, in the way that you are or feel about it the way you do. I get that. But you mentioned that I'd grown up in California. I grew up in the shadow of UCLA. Uh, I'm 57 years old, uh, so I've seen this in not only in my job, but, but growing up as to how fan bases tend to react uh, in the years after uh, they had what they considered to be their heyday, and, and it's consistent. Uh, it's not just Indiana. I was asked about Indiana, sure. and, and now you, you need to understand one thing, too. First of all, you and every other Indiana fan can be as critical as you want about me. That's fine. I can take it. I'm not bothered by it at all. Uh, I stand by everything I said. Uh, but the other thing is, you know, it's always interesting that when, when you say something good, you're a genius. And when you say something that people take exception to, it's not an, it's not, and you guys are great, but it's not an issue of somehow now, now I'm, I, I don't get it. And I'm an idiot. Uh, because I said something that that you didn't like, uh, your fan base didn't like. Well, that's fine. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with that. But I don't think anything I said was inaccurate. Now, if you want to extrapolate and say, I, you know, I meant that every fan is of the same mind, of course I don't mean that. I, I know that. I, I understand that. But, you know, look, it's the easy thing for me to say is, rather than pay $10 million to get rid of the guy you don't like, why don't you give all that money on the front end and get the guy you want? 
And, and that way you'll, you'll have a lot, you know, maybe your outcome, you'll be more invested in on the front end. But if, if people think that there's a negativity that's been surrounding the program for a period of years now in the fan base, I don't think that's a news flash. There has been <laughs> negativity and that negativity filters to the players and it, and it factors into results. It's not the only reason, but it factors into results. It also factors into recruiting and it also factors into those that are interested in the job. That's just the way it is. And, and I'm not saying it's the only factor and all that, but, but, but I think one of the reasons that, that um, uh, I've been asked to do these things is not because you disagree uh, so much. It's because I think some people feel like it's true. Well, and, and I think it's fair, fair to say that when things have finally gotten bad, we the fans have gone there. But Kelvin Sandsman came in and there was you know, definitely behind the scenes because of his track record and what he was doing, uh, people weren't happy about that. But when DJ White and Eric Gordon were a top 10 team, Assembly Hall was going crazy. We stood by Tom Crean for three very painful years, building us up out of the ashes. And when the watch shot went in, we went crazy. Okay, but after nine years, he didn't get us past the Sweet 16. Now you tell me a Duke, a Kentucky, a Kansas, a North Carolina, UCLA would let any coach go for nine years without getting past the Sweet 16. Well, let, let me take you back to what you said at the beginning of this. You said, we just want to win. We just want to go to the NCAA tournament. Now that's different than what you just said about Tom Crean when you said he didn't get us past the Sweet 16. <laughs> you know, we were happy when we were number one. But yes. when, we when we lost to Syracuse when we were number one, that's unaccept you know, it's sort of that's unacceptable thing. And the expectations change. And look, I, I was there for all that. I did Indiana games. I know Tom Crean really well. I know Kelvin Sampson really well. I know Archie Miller really well. Uh, do, I, do I think that, that all of them uh, were treated the way I think they should have been treated? The answer is no, I don't. Do I think that the fan base as a whole was on board the way you're saying? Of course, everybody cheered when Watford's shot went in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't think that's the, I, that's not the standard I'm talking about. Um, uh, but when things do go south a little bit, um, it, it, the ball is helped downhill by negativity. That, that's okay. what I'm saying. And that's what I meant by cannibalizing the program. It's like, like no, and, and look, you, you guys, I think, I'm not gonna put words in your mouth, but I, I think you, you would agree with this that whether it's, it's North Carolina or UCLA or, we could, or Alabama football, there mm -hmm. is a time in a coach's tenure when the fan base is like, let's just go ahead and lose so we can get the outcome we want, which is a new coach. And that's when things become toxic. I, and do I, do I think that things were toxic around the program the last, two, the last two years from Archie Miller? Yes, I do. Do I think it filtered down to the players where it became a depressing weight on them, especially this year, which was a, a struggle for a variety of reasons beyond their control? Yes, I do. Um, it's not just losing, you know, the, the idea of a coach losing control of a locker room. It's the players feeling the weight of, of there's nowhere they can turn uh, to, be, to feel supported. And, uh, and I've been through that myself. When I was at Duke, the, the, the fan base was incredibly negative. And the truth is we didn't like our fans my first year there. I didn't trust them. I didn't like them. I didn't care for them. And, and funny how, how everybody, you know, nobody is raising their hand saying, yep, I was one of those that wanted Coach K fired my freshman year. Nobody, right. Nobody's saying that now, but they did. 
mm-hmm. because I, I had my, my roommate, Mark Allery and I had boosters that, that told us about a petition they were circulating to fire our coach. Now, if you don't think that had an effect on us as players, that, that fans and boosters and people who claimed that they were, you know, they bled Duke blue, would tell a player that they were actively trying to fire the coach that we had chosen. And, and if they had fired him, I would have left skid marks on that place. Mm. And, and don't think that the players don't feel that they do. And look, I'm not saying don't be unhappy and, and accept losing and all that stuff. I, I get it. But, but look, the players are the ones that are, that are putting out here and, uh, and fans feel like they have ownership of the program. Uh, and, and I promise you the people who gave or whoever gave the money to, to pay off Archie Miller and get the, the decision they wanted now feel like they have ownership of the program. But, you know, my suggestion would be have the ownership on the front end and give, give all that money on the front end and get the person you want. Uh, and then, and then you'll be, then you'll really be invested in the, in the outcome. And I think you'll see, you'll see people behave differently. I don't disagree with a lot of what you have to say. What I do disagree with on some level is the how I know you just said it's not a primary factor or even the most important, but how much you're putting on the fans for the reasons these coaches failed. I think if you look at I didn't I didn't say that. I didn't say that. And, and no, you that, said that's it was not a contributing what, factor to the last couple con- years of downturn. Right. It is a, it saying, is a it is a contributing factor. Okay. Yes. We can argue about how much of a contributing factor it is. What I would say is that when you're at Indiana or North Carolina or Kentucky basketball, when they went through the end of Tubby Smith, which got toxic, and Gillespie, which didn't work out, or Alabama football after Gene Stallings that cycled through a couple coaches, there is a level of excellence and success that we do expect at Indiana. And I actually think that's a good thing. And Tom Crean reached a peak that was great, but the inconsistency was not great. And there were things I think that the national media doesn't necessarily know or follow very well because you can't, I mean, you're not in it, but Tom Crean lost the state. The high school coaches at Indiana didn't want to send their players to Indiana anymore. The AAU coaches in the state of Indiana didn't want to deal with Tom Crean anymore. Now you can say that that was because they were some of those toxic fans, but he lost the pipeline that you need at Indiana. And Indiana having a bar of success that says we want consistent success at a top level the way Kentucky has it now, except for this last year with Calipari, or Saban has it football with Alabama, I don't think that's a bad thing. And if the coach doesn't reach that level after a decent amount of time, why is it a bad thing for the fan base to say, let's go get somebody who can? Okay, but, but you're, you're giving me some different standards now. And look, there, there's, no, there's no sense in arguing over what, you know, what uh, amount of weight you put toward uh, uh, contributing factors with fans, coaches, high school. Now, high school coaches are part of the equation, all this stuff. Um, that, that's a rabbit hole that's not worth going down. But, <laughs> but, but just what you said there. So at first it was, we just want to win. We want to go to the NCAA. Well, that's what he said. It's a sliding scale. Okay. Because that's where we're at right right now. Let me, let let me finish. Let me finish. Okay. So at first I heard, uh, we just want to win. We just want to go to the NCAA tournament. And then it was, we expect a level of excellence. Yes. All right. You, you said a level of excellence and then it was, and then it was, you want consistency. Well, those are two right. of the same so, things, Jay. Those are not mutually. They're, they're, they're within the, they're, they're within the, within the same realm. 
They're not but, mutually but exclusive. We want consistency. I didn't, say, I didn't say they were mutually exclusive. But I'm saying they're the say same that. thing. Don't parse it. We want consistent level of excellence. But, but you brought me on here to parse my words. No, not that, parsing. Whole, not yes, parsing. you are parsing. You're yeah, absolutely yeah. parsing. I think I'm that's fair. and arguing. <laughs> you are absolutely parsing. All right, fine. We're parsing. We're parsing. Now, now, <laughs> now, now like, you, you get to expect whatever you want. But, but like, so when the, the media now, the national media, when we praise Indiana, we know what we're talking about. Yes. When, we, when we're critical, then we don't know. And we're not there. And we don't get it. Um, we do get it. And I'm talking to, to at, at least as many people as you are. You're talking to more Indiana people. Sure. But, but I, I at least have my finger on the pulse of what, what coaches think of, of what's going on there and what, what others think of what's going on there. Now, that you may say the perception is wrong, but I don't think it is. There has been a level of negativity there that has been off-putting over the last probably 10, 12 years. And that's okay if that, look, you guys get to do it however you want. That's fine. Keep going, keep doing this. That's fine. <laughs> um, I'm, not, I'm not arguing with it. I just, I just said what I think. And, and I think it's fine. You guys should respond. You guys being the entire Indiana fan base, you respond the way you like. That's fine. I'm, and, you know, I even get I'm not welcome in Bloomington anymore. No. Every time I go there, there's nobody at the gate trying to keep me out. I'll be fine. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> well, way, and, and, we and look, we, we do want to keep we want to keep this fun. We want to keep being Indiana fans fun. And when I think we're talking about expectations for each one of these coaches that come through, it's so much about trajectory leading to consistency. And I think because of all the reasons we know about with Kelvin Sampson, that was over. When you talk about Tom Crean or Archie Miller, we as a fan base, we're with you. We're on this trajectory. We'll be patient with Archie even. We're like, the winds aren't there, but we're looking at Ken Palm numbers and we're seeing it trending in the right direction. But when you look at what you're seeing on the floor and then you're looking to the future and the recruiting isn't there anymore, we're, we're, we would be naive and ignorant to say, I think this is going in the right direction. I think we've shown a great ability to be patient. But when we run out of of any little sliver to be optimistic about how like then it's our duty as as in a lot of ways the caretakers of the program the ones who were here before before during and after every coach if we're like no we're okay just sometimes getting to the tournament and like having a really good year and then too bad that th then we're no longer a blue blood if we don't hold ourselves to a top 10 program standard and just accept eh, inconsistent, sometimes mediocre results, why would we ever get back to that point? That's fine. That's great. Keep doing it. <laughs> um, Keep going down this road. It's, it, it seems like it's working for you. No, you're, it, you're that's a, you're that you, you're being facetious. But I, am, really... I, I am. I don't I don't understand sort of I, I get sort of in the abstract what you're saying that that we the fan base will not accept anything less than excellence and uh, consistent winning and all that stuff. But it's been a long time since you've had that and yeah. and doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results is not is not working out particularly well. And if you didn't did you like did you care for the hire of Archie Miller when he was hired? Did the fan base like it? 
Yes. I mean, look, again. It was I mean, solid. It was Jay, solid. But wait, but wait. To Jay's point, which he's right, it's not monolithic. Of course, there, there's always going to be a contingent of the fan base who's like, it has to be a former player. And, and I agree, there is a portion of the fan base that winning be damned and anything else be damned, it better be a former player. And I don't agree with that either. So yeah, we were on board with Archie. We supported it. And so did a, a big portion of the, the fan base. And that's but, what- But I, before, yeah. I, I guess my question, I'm sorry, I probably didn't ask that very artfully. I guess my question was, uh, before he was hired, did you think he was the right guy? Was he at the top of your list or did you have others at the top? Well, look, let's be honest, everybody, until he's dead, Brad Stevens will be on the top of every hot list for Indiana coaches, okay? So he's number one, but I think everybody kind of looked at Archie as the top guy in that mid-major ready to take the next step up. Because at the time there was also Chris Holtman and Chris Mack that were around that same thing. And Archie was absolutely in that top level. So people were pretty happy. I think that what disappoints Indiana fans, truthfully, that they can't fix and we can't even uh, explain is there's no Roy Williams to succeed Dean Smith. You know, that we don't have that man in waiting. There's no John Calipari to come in to Kentucky that seemed like a perfect fit in the Grand Slam. But I, what I wanted to come back to you on was to your point of, you know, just keep doing what you're doing, it's not working. You're right, it hasn't worked, but isn't it just as simple as we did not hire the right guy? I mean, sometimes fit matters and we could have chosen, We not that anybody didn't wanna hire the right guy, they chose, it didn't work out. Sometimes I hire people all the time. Sometimes it doesn't work out. So it's three hires, Jay, it's three. That's a lot, three but, is a lot. But, but it's not really, it's three over 20 years in a high pressure situation and a high pressure job where the bar for success is really high and we were 0 for 3. Okay, we had one before that worked out for 30 years. So isn't it as simple as we didn't get the right guy and you may get the right guy this next time. There's no there's well, no foolproof plan to getting the right guy. Yeah, but you're not counting Mike Davis either. You had a hire there to make too. So but that that, was, that, that was that had to happen because of the timing of when coach Knight got let go. No, it had to happen it had to happen for the remainder of that year. It did, it didn't but have to happen long that's term. That's true. But then he went to the tournament and they didn't want to play a revolt. And there were a lot of things that, that was a unique situation. I think we can all agree. And, and I like it, it, it was unique, it was unique. So do I, 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 I like all these guys, yeah. but, but, but I don't, you know, you're not arguing he was the right guy. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not, but that's the one that I kind of put aside because it was such a unique situation. But I want to go back to the point of keep doing what you're doing. We just didn't, we just didn't hit the right guy. I mean, Alabama football didn't hit the right guy after Gene Stallings and didn't hit the right guy after that. Kentucky didn't hit the right guy after Tubby Smith. And then they made a course correction very quickly and they hit the right guy. Right, but, but, but it's part of the same discussion that, that the fan base is there. Like a lot of these fan bases are the same. Sure. And I don't mean to, I don't mean to lump you in. I know you don't, don't want to be lumped in with the Kentucky or the North Carolina fan bases there. <laughs> nobody has a Roy Williams waiting in the wings, by the way, that's an extraordinary right. thing to have happen. Uh, and he didn't take it the first time he took it the second time, but, but what, you know, Kentucky was a similar thing that became a toxic environment. Uh, they started calling 10 lost tubby and all that stuff. And he was going, he was going into the tournament every year and, uh, you know, they, they, the fan base wasn't happy with a sweet 16 or that year they went to the elite eight and right. when Keith Bogans got hurt and they wound up losing to Tom Crean and Marquette when Dwayne yeah. Wade had that triple double and all that stuff, boy, they weren't happy then. And they had, a, they had one of their two best players was injured, uh, in that game. 
so that that could have been another final four. You know, it, it's sort of there was a toxicity there, and then they went and and they made a mistake and hired the wrong guy, and that was really toxic. And now they're complaining about like John Calipari's had a pretty good run there. Yeah, and great run. <laughs> and some, some of the some of the discussion now is starting to get a little little negative there. Uh, that that happens. I don't agree with it. I don't think it's the right way to go about it. But my only point was, and we've gotten into the weeds here, and, and you've led me there, and I've gone, and I've led you there, and you've gone. <laughs> we'll bring you uh, right so, into the weeds with us. So we can talk about who's contributed more to getting in the weeds. Um, but but my point is still the same. You know, fans can try to justify it or rationalize it or excuse it or whatever. There's a negativity there that is unhelpful to the cause. That, that was my point. And, and Indiana's not alone in doing that to, to, to its program. Uh, that happens. And, and it's not a point of, of the fans are the reason. It's not the reason, uh, but it, it, is not, it is not helpful to um, getting to, to the place you wanna be. And if you think it is not factored in by candidates uh, for the job, uh, I, 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 I would, I would, I, well, I would I, counsel I, that to be incorrect. And that's where I, I just want to defend the fan base in that even with Mike Davis. And look, there's never been a program in the country as fractured in its fan base as when Coach Knight was let go. Okay, that was a deep searing wound that hopefully now we've recovered from, um, but it took up until last season. Okay, but then when you're talking about what Mike Davis did at the beginning, what Samson was doing at the beginning, the patience we showed Crean, and even the willingness to get on board with Archie, despite really bad product on the court from day one, it's that I, I think that the negativity that comes in, it's not coming in arbitrarily or we're just bored now. It's that we've been around long enough to see when it's going in the wrong direction. And if you can say we speed up that process and in the age of Twitter, it just makes it worse because it's so much louder and the kids can hear it from so many more sources. I agree. But to think that if we'd all just put on a brave face and kept cheering through the the end of each one of these tenures, I just don't think we had the right guy to Eric's point. So keep doing what you're doing as a fan base. If the next guy comes in and in five years, it's not looking good. I think we will. But right now what we have is Scott Dolson, an IU guy who gets it from every point of view as a fan, as somebody who's a part of the program, as somebody who's been around the boosters and in the athletic department for 30 years, there's no way he wants to keep doing what we've been doing. There's no way we the fans want to keep doing what we we've been doing, especially at the end of these cycles. So we need to get the right guy. So you, Jay Billis, who do you think that is? I don't know, because I don't know what you want anymore. <laughs> I know you want to win uh, and, and level of excellence and all that stuff. Um, you know, because it sounds like, because from what you just said, it sounds like everybody's happy now. So, so now it's just everybody, we, everybody, we've got what we want and we just need to get the right guy. Yes. So, but, I, but I you should know who the right guy is. Like, I you say, should know who the right guy is. Not oh, me. we do. The right guy is Brad. Yeah, it's Brad Stevens. A hundred percent. Well, but, but to me, um, to me, I don't do anything until I know the answer. I like, agree with like, you. These I things agree. are already, 
you know, when these are done right, not, and, and again, I don't know, I don't know exactly how it's going right now. I haven't talked to anybody there and, and been digging into this because I don't think I need to right now. But uh, uh, to me, when you do something like this, you already have the, you already have the answer. I, I, um, I would give one caveat to that because I agree. Although what I would say is, I think you do it if, if Brad Stevens is the third deck home run wild card, like take a shot at the moon and you think you have a chance at it, great. But if you're really happy with your plan B, that you, if you think plan B is your guy, then you can do it then also. And I agree great. with you. I don't think this move gets done unless that guy knew it. I, yeah, I, but if Brad Stevens is going to leave the Celtics before they get to the playoffs, which is going to be in May and June, yeah, um, that would be some that would be some big news. And and you know, I I I, I would be surprised if that happened. But I, if, if you're you know, if you're going to do when you do stump when you make a change, uh, oftentimes the the most successful ones are when the when the deal is done before the the, the trigger is pulled on the change. I, I want to ask you this this last question, I think, um, because I am curious on your perspective. I agree with you that the job isn't as um, attractive in many ways as it was 12, 13 years ago. And I agree that some of the fan toxicity is part of that. I do think the right guy in winning cures all, but we can put sure. that all, you know, for another day. Because, no, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, look, like Kentucky was as toxic, toxic as it could be during the Gillespie time. And Calipari fixed all that in about two years. So, but, but we at Indiana think we have a passionate fan base. Look, mm -hmm. I mean, look at us. We're idiots. We get it. And by the way, part of it, Jay, is true. Look, I'm Jewish. I can tell Jew jokes. So we can make fun of ourselves as being irrational. We just don't like it when somebody else calls us irrational. <laughs> so there's that. But um, I didn't call you irrational now. No, I am. I'm calling us irrational. <laughs> um, we think we've got good facilities. We think we've got a natural recruiting base. We think we've got the money to support for all the things you need for a college program to support its program in 2021. Strength and conditioning, nutrition, all that support stuff is there. Great living quarters, all that kind of stuff. We look at it and say, this job is still a top 10, top 15 job for the right candidate. And clearly there are people who don't want that fishbowl. But from a national perspective, do you look at the Indiana job and say it is not that anymore? No, it, I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I haven't ranked jobs in a while. So top 15, I mean, it, it's a, it's a big 10 and it's a good job, but uh, I, I don't know if how many I would put before it, uh, uh, b before I got to Indiana, it, it, there'd be a few, sure. um, but it, but it is a, it's an excellent job and it's a, it's a, a fantastic tradition that you cannot duplicate. You know, tradition is one of the things in college sports, whether it's football or basketball, that you cannot, you cannot duplicate. And, uh, and it, it cannot be built overnight. And it does have a, a passionate fan, which is wonderful. Like that, that, that's part, I, I realize all this comes from a good place, ultimately, is everybody wants, they want what they want. You know, mm -hmm. uh, but, but part of it's entertainment, part of it's uh, a feeling like, hey, there's a there's a uh, there's something that I've always found interesting about fan bases. Again, th this is not unique to Indiana, um, but when the team loses, they go, "Well, wait a minute, I can't have a losing team. I'm a winner. I'm a champion." Uh, and it goes to it goes to each fan personally. It hits them on a personal level. Yeah, our ego and, our ego is tied up in it, and our a identity. little bit, a sure. little bit. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, your food tastes different when you win and lose. But but I kind of wonder, you know, w- would you would you be happy if if Indiana had the same level of success right now as Purdue's having? Would that be enough or would it have to be more? It would. And, and this is where it's a moving target. I think we would be happy with the level of Purdue is having now for a while. But if a decade goes by and there's no final four appearances to be had, I think it is our duty to be to be upset because at a certain point, like Matt Painter can probably stay there for the rest of his career without reaching the final four because they don't expect that. So if we as a fan base accept that's good enough, then I think that's what we end up with. And and I don't want that. I remember Keith Smart's shot and I don't want to die without another banner hanging in the rafters. And I don't apologize for that. You, you shouldn't. I don't. I don't have a problem with that. That's fine. Hey, do you? Don't you think that the? I'm curious if there is a fan base out there that you have covered because we don't. We don't follow it. Okay, we follow us. But is there a fan base out there that has anywhere close to the passion level of an Indiana or any of the schools that are at the same level as Indiana? But don't. Don't give in to the toxicity, to use the word that we've kind of talked about, when things go bad. It seems like it's two sides of the same coin. You have to be passionate at a kind of irrational level to, to have what we have when things are good. But when they're bad, it, it's the same passion on the other side of the spectrum. I don't know how you modulate or go, put a governor on the bad side of passion. Yeah, I don't if you're asking, are there other fan bases that handle uh, disappointment better? I would say yes. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking, but like, like, look, Kentucky fan base is, is as crazy as, as we are and maybe crazier. I don't know, but they're, they're crazy. The North Carolina fan base is up there. You know, any of those, if they had sustained periods of time of not winning, we haven't been to the NCAA tournament in five years they would be as toxic, if that's the word we want to use, or negative as we are. I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing with you there. I just you're, you're right. I, that's why I said all fan bases are the same in that regard. But, but, but what I'm but, saying to you is, I don't know what it looks like. I don't even know if it's possible to do what you're, what would make you happy, because I think what that means is you're cutting back on the passion on the good side. Yeah, I, th- I don't know how how these things get to this level when when you say I don't. Now you're asking what would make me happy. I don't care. Not happy. I, mean, I don't. But if you could wave. I don't off. care. I don't care whether you guys win or lose. I cover the sport, so so I, I don't you, care. But you said there but were what, things you didn't like. So mm-hmm. I'm saying no. I no. I made observations. I don't. I mean, I don't approve of it. I don't think it's the right way to do it. Right. When you I said things you didn't. When like. I say I don't. Yeah. I, I think there. I think. I think there. There are certain behaviors that lead to better outcomes. Um, and and I don't. I don't think it's the right way to go about it. But at the same. But I understand it. But I wasn't asked about, hey, tell me how fan bases in this situation react generally. I was asked about Indiana, totally. and, and I and I gave an I gave an honest answer as to what I think. Um, and look, I get it. I mean, I didn't I didn't say I think your you know your colors are ugly or stuff like that. I wasn't you know I wasn't taking a shot at you. I was I was honestly assessing how I perceive the the negativity affecting things, and I do think it affects things. Um, look, I, I enjoy going to Bloomington and going to, I mean, I always list assembly hall as one of the great places, one of the top five venues in the, in the country to see a basketball game. It's one of the, one of the all time great places to be. And it's a, 
Um, you know, I was a huge Indiana uh, when I was growing up and, and uh, a UCLA fan. Indiana was, uh, was the first team that really beat the hell out of UCLA where you're going, man, these guys are good. Back in 75 and 76 when I was, when I was in, in fifth and sixth grade. So I've, I've always had an appreciation for, uh, for Indiana basketball and, and for the game generally. So I understand how it works, or at least I think I understand how it works. Um, but when you're asked a question, I could, I could easily be, have been on a show in Lexington when the whole Billy Gillespie thing was going on. And I was saying a similar thing, like at the end of the Tubby Smith era there, um, it was, it was just like this. It was not, not now because you, you, you know, you just fired your coach. So, so it, there'll be a nice honeymoon for the next guy. And, and, you know, God forbid, if it doesn't go great, then, then we'll be back in this situation again. But, um, but I, I could be saying the same thing about Kentucky. The same thing happened at North Carolina when Matt Doherty was there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's not unique to you. I know it feels that way. It's right now it's raining in your backyard and, and, uh, no, and no, 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 so, that's, well, that's, I think, I think it's the opposite. Like, right. This is the I most excited. Yeah. This is the most excited, like just the text messages, the message boards, the zooms we've done with friends and fellow fans, hope springs eternal in the Hoosier heart. And we are so pumped right now for the possibilities. And Stevens is clearly the pie in the sky, but there's several other names going around we think are reasonable that we would be really happy with. So when you walked into the middle of that that happiness party, (laughs) being objective and reasonable, but in a way that kind of rained on the parade, I think that's why everybody was like, well, 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 don't, not right now. This is the first time we've really had hope in a solid couple of years. And that's why we wanted to get you on here and make a, a defense of ourselves uh, in, well, I'm glad in, you in did. this time. I'm glad you did, but, uh, but it, it, I'm, I'm a little concerned about the fragility of your happiness that somebody could be on a radio station in Louisville and and your happiness is threatened by by the response to a question jay, um, jay you would it's shocked. it's not that big of a deal you you would you would be you would be shocked at the level of our fragility of our happiness <laughs> I, there's no doubt about that I, I i think if i just could could sum up my my point one more time I personally I, I do not disagree with you that the negativity is a contributing factor to Something I, I don't know exactly. See how negative you just were. You just led with a double negative. I, know. <laughs> I do. I, I'll I do not negative. disagree. Can't you just say I agree? I agree. That's how negative you've become. I know. You, I can't even double negative. Oh, look, I'll throw a triple <laughs> negative to come back on the other side. So, but I think if you took out the fan negativity for Archie, for Tom, and for Kelvin, and Kelvin is a unique situation. I don't think, I think both those guys would have failed at Indiana. And that pains me because I really like Archie. I've gotten to know Archie over the last few years. I genuinely like him personally. I know you do. I I think he's a good ball coach. It didn't work at Indiana. And I don't think the fan toxicity, while it may be a contributing factor, I don't think it was a tipping point on any level for Archie or Tom and take it out. And I think they still fail. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I, I agree with that. I don't. I am not suggesting that the, the the fan negativity caused it. What I'm saying is that it is. It certainly has not been helpful to the atmosphere around the program. 
it certainly wasn't helpful to the results down the stretch this year. Um, I, I happen to believe that the, the, the level of negativity uh, this year was a, a, a significant contributing factor in the product on the floor from the middle of the season toward the end. I won't deny that we might have a hand in speeding up a coach's demise, right? <laughs> you know, and because that's, I, that's basically all that was very well put and basically all I was saying. Well, be, because for me, I no lie, when when we lost again to Purdue, like the apathy starts to set into me personally. And I know even worse to a lot of the other guys who I'm texting with like during games. And when somebody's like, I'm not watching it today, that's not because we were all sitting there being negative on the last game. That's because they don't want to watch what's going on on the court anymore. And I think that's where we're all just like, hope springs eternal, whoever's coming in, we are all going to believe, even if it wasn't the best hire or it was maybe your third choice or fourth choice, everybody's going to show up game one next year, ready to believe this is the guy. Yeah. And, and you know, you, you made there a really good point, both uh, directly and, and implied that as the season's going on, instead of instead of like rolling with it until the end and then at the end saying you know what that wasn't good enough let's do something right now um fans know that if they express extreme disapproval and and apathy that they can get the result they want you know they, at least they believe that and i and i i know it contributes to it, it contributes like your, your point about I, we contributed to the demise of 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 the the coach and all that stuff uh fans know that they have that power and and that's fine like i, I that, that's why i said then keep doing it that's okay um uh, <laughs> i don't have a dog in the fight but but that was sort of my point is that kind of negative that didn't help that didn't help the players pull this one out or beat purdue or 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 go strong toward the finish line I think it made like there's some and, I, and I, this I'm not saying this about about the Indiana team this year. I'm just going to say this generally uh, to, to try to bolster whatever point I'm trying to make here. But um, there are there are teams that that are going through difficulties when they get to the end of the season that they just want it over. And and I, I promise you that how the fans uh, deal with the players uh, or support, support the team, support the players, support the coach throughout a season contributes to their, their want to. It absolutely does. And, and I, I, I don't think that should be breaking news to anyone. Um, to me, it, it is better to, uh, when, the, when the AD always says, they always say, we'll evaluate things at the end of the season. That, that's the best way to do it uh, is, is, hey man, let's go full speed to the end of this. Let's, let's see if, if we can pull this out and get a better outcome. Uh, but a lot of fans think, we don't want a better outcome because that if we get a better outcome, that's going to lead to a decision I don't want, which is to, to do to do this again, to get another run, get another year. Uh, they want the result they want now. And the best way to do it is to check out or make it worse. And uh, and again, I'm not saying that all all Indiana now. I'm just talking generally. That's kind of the yeah. way the way it goes. And, it, and I Absolutely. believe that I do believe there was an there was an element of that. And to your to your point before, you're you're absolutely right. That that was not the factor. It was not it was not the biggest factor, but it, it was a factor. And and all of that, it's all part of the same whole. 
and and look, one of the reasons that I never get upset when uh, when people are critical of something I say, like I welcome, I'll, I'll talk to any Indiana fan on any show, yours or you know. Well, don't I, say I, that, Jay. Now it makes. I, know, I, I was. About, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> what I knew the you were hell, say that. man? Like I would only talk to you guys about this. Yes, I, that's I what you should say. Anybody, <laughs> but I would talk to anybody about this because it, it's not. It was not meant to hurt anybody. It was an it, just an objective assessment of what I think about it, and I am. I am always. People don't think, you know, sometimes when you're a talking head like me on television and you, you try to make an authoritative point, it doesn't mean I don't listen to and assess the other side. And, uh, and so all the points you're making, I am taking in and appreciating and, uh, and listening to and processing. And, and, and I, I agree with you on a lot of things. Um, but, but I think we're saying a lot of the same things I, to one another. I do too. Uh, but, but there have been some undies in a wad here over that. Uh, not maybe not yours maybe not your indiana stamped undies but um but but some other undies gotten a bunch over this and uh and i don't think uh, bill raftery's always had a great way of this like i never i never get upset when people are critical of things i say because i accept i accept compliments readily so i should accept criticism readily but raftery used to say when when people would be critical of something he said he would always go oh i must have missed all your thank you notes for the good stuff <laughs> I, look, I also look. I appreciate how opinionated you are. That's what you're paid to do. I I've always admired it. I had an old boss who taught me sometimes more more often than not be often wrong, never in doubt. That's the way to live. Always like that. Um, I I do want to say I think the only place I would somewhat disagree after this conversation is. While I don't like the toxicity that happens, and we tried, believe it or not, on our side, whatever small part we have in the Indiana community to support our guys and to bring mm -hmm. up that these are human beings that are giving it their, their all, you know. But I will say that the double-edged sword here is that toxicity helped lead Kentucky to get John Calipari. It helped lead Alabama to get and not settle for anything less than Nick Saban. And one day at Duke, when Krzyzewski decides to hang it up, that fan base isn't going to accept anything much. I mean, it's, it's, it can be impossible to duplicate what Coach K has done, but they're going to demand excellence there too. And I don't think that that demand for excellence is a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. The way you go about it may be where the bad lies. Yeah, and, and look, I think to your point about getting Calipari, getting Saban, whatever, which is I think what you're hoping happens with you sure. um the front end decision needs to be needs to be better and yes. look it's not a secret what alabama did when they got saban they put somebody on a plane and said don't come back without him right and same thing for calipari it was don't come back without him well with and calipari he would have done cartwheels to go from memphis to kentucky I don't know. They paid him a lot of money to do it. You they know, did, he but have... he wanted the Indiana job. I mean, he would have done backflips to go to Indiana. Uh, to he get literally out. said that. I mean, so I. But I, your point is, your point is fair. Well, how it, are you missing on? How are you missing on these guys? Because, because the, we are only because we all have. You to do is, all you had to do is open the door. He would have cartwheeled in, according to that. I know, because we have flawed people making the decisions. We had we had had past tense had past different tense. decision makers all now. Right. Jay, Hope springs eternal. Jay, I got to ask you this: Who's your favorite rapper? I love the rap tweets. Who's the favorite rapper? Jeezy. Jeezy. Jeezy by far is the favorite. 
I wouldn't say by far. I like Drake and Jay-Z and all that. Are you how about, old, how about old school? Old school. Well, when I was in uh, high school, I went to Rolling Hills High School in, in Southern California. And uh, it actually, oddly enough, my high school is right where Tiger Woods accident occurred. Mm -hmm. um, that's where, that's where I, grew, I grew up a quarter mile from there. Um, but it, it, my, I think it was my ninth grade, ninth, 10th grade year, uh, the Sugar Hill Gang came out with Rapper's Delight. And yeah. we were, my, my basketball team, we sang that every day during conditioning and all that stuff. We, we were, I, I still know every word to it. You, you got the, uh, give a few, you got a, a few bars? You got a, the first bars? Ever go over a friend's house to eat and the food just ain't no good? I mean, the macaroni soggy, the cheese are mushed and the chicken tastes like wood. So you try <laughs> to play it off like you think you can by saying that you're full. And your friend says, Mama, he's just being polite. He ain't finished. Oh, that's bull. I mean, I can, I can go all day on that. Yeah. Love it. Did you ever get into, um, I, I'm a little bit younger than you, but I, I love Sugar Hill Gang. But then I got really into, obviously, Run DMC and mm -hmm. Third Base. I was a big Third Base fan. You remember Third Base at all? I, I heard that. No, I don't. They were, it's they okay. Were, they were the it's first right. white rappers. They were the first white <laughs> rappers. And they did The Gas Face was a big one. I believe before, uh, before Eminem. Yeah, way before Eminem, way before Eminem. Uh, also, Wu-Tang, we just have to say Wu-Tang best Wu -Tang for the Jay. children. Jay, what's your favorite pair of sneakers? Raekwon, Raekwon. My favorite pair of sneakers now, I wear Under Armour, but uh, when I was a kid, the first pair of sneakers I ever bought with my own money, I bought a pair of suede Nike Bruins for 19 bucks. And uh, I treasured those things and they were yellow, yellow suede, uh, and they were fantastic. So when you say you wear Under Armour now, you have like a deal with them? Yeah. Nice. Can you uh, hook it up? Hook us oh, up? Yeah, I they mean, want to sponsor us. You're sure. a pretty big deal too around here. I don't know if Under Armour would approve of the uh, sort of the red coat thing. Yeah, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. <laughs> um, it works on you. Free bowl of soup. By the way, <laughs> by the way, first pair of shoes I bought with my own money. I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri were red and white kangaroos because they were the St. Louis Cardinal shoes. You remember the kangaroos? Of course I, I, I do. Yeah. Of course I do. Walter Payton wore those, the ruse. Yeah, the ruse nice. were the big time. All right, Jay. Pony were a big deal when I was in high school. I wore a lot of pony. Is it fair to say that you have spent way more time with us than you ever imagined you would? It was fair to say that during the introduction. <laughs> Jay, I'm a big fan of yours. I love the, the, the strong comments that you give. You're always thoughtful, and I, I knew you would be, but we had to stand up a, a little bit and go back and forth with you, which I hope you've enjoyed. We sure as hell I have. have. I have. I, I didn't enjoy you rubbing your Emmys in my face, but other than that, everything's been great. Hey, man. Hey, and look, I, I don't think it would hurt so bad if we all didn't really respect what you've had to say and and who you are in this business and in college basketball so at the end of the day we're just glad you're talking about us it's been a huge thrill to have you on here and i hope you have a great experience with this ncaa tournament in which we are not participating well you you too and and, and anything i said wasn't intended to be hurtful I, so i I, uh, I hope it wasn't but it was just a just an assessment so you know how it's it an honor to be with you you, oh no, it wasn't. It wasn't an honor. That thing. Too <laughs> yes, much. it was. It was a singular honor. I, I've, uh, I've, I've never. I can honestly say I've never been through anything quite like this. Yeah. Well, that 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 is exactly what people say after they're done with us. That is exactly. Jay, we love you, man. Keep up the good work, and uh, thanks for doing this. Really appreciate it. Love you too. Go Hoosiers. All right. We like that. We're gonna clip that out. <laughs> I mean, I think we won the argument.
Easily, easily. <laughs> the dude is so sharp and so smart. And I give him credit. He walked right into the lion's den. He knew he was going to deal with two idiots. He got two idiots. And we idioted all over the place. He had no reason to do that, except that he thought it would be fun to, to debate, right? Like, I think a lot of times he's, Eric left. So I'm just talking to you at home. What I think is a guy like that, he's out there a lot, not getting a lot of pushback. Maybe, maybe off air, there's a lot of debating over drinks after a game, but to really get to mix it up with people who have differing opinions, because when you're watching a lot of these broadcasts, this play by play with color commentary, you know, there's, there's just not that back and forth that look, we have amongst ourselves as much as anything. So I think his willingness to get in here and mix it up, like he knew he wasn't coming in for a love fest. He knew this was about a contentious issue. It really just speaks a lot to how much he must be into those conversations because he ain't doing it to add Twitter followers. We know that. No, it just speaks to how supremely confident he is that he'll wipe the floor with whoever he is going to debate. And he likes the feeling of that. So we were willing to be wiped on the floor with. And uh, it was really fun. Look, the guy, you know, Bobby Knight used to rave about Dick Vitale. I remember, you know, Dick Vitale's a polarizing guy and you always hear fans say, oh, if Dick Vitale's doing a game, I turn off the sound. And Bobby Knight would sing Dick's praises. I think he inducted him into the College Basketball Hall of Fame, maybe even the, the overall Basketball Hall of Fame, because he knew how important Dick Vitale was as a marketing guy for the sport of college basketball. And Jay Billis, while not the gregarious kind of cartoon character of Dick Vitale, is probably the most recognized person from the media standpoint in the game of college basketball these days. He is the Howard authority, Cosell, if you will, you know, the, and, the authority. Yeah. And, and he deserves credit for that because look, the fans deserve credit because if the fans didn't care, there wouldn't be money. But Jay deserves credit too because he does bring attention to the game and he promotes the game. And I love that he's strong-willed and has strong opinions, isn't afraid to say them, and uh, and stands up for them and just argues the hell out of them. I love it. So. And, and you may disagree with it, and, and we clearly do in this case in, in many respects, but it's always well thought out and there's always a reasoning and a logic for his point of view. He's not a clickbait type of guy, if you will, just throwing out controversial firebombs to get a reaction. He's He really believes these things for good reasons, even if they're sometimes misguided. And we, we, you know, and in this case, I do think it's fair to say he's not in it with us. And as much as he may know about each one of those coaching regimes, especially towards the end, we lived through those every day. And even a lot through this show, we've had a lot of conversations, including with some of the coaches who went through that and the players who were around at the time. I will say with all the different players through all the different coaching changes we've had on, I don't remember any of them saying, yeah, man, the, play, the, the fans were just so negative. That's what really brought us down at the end. Like that said, the word, I don't, I think they would be careful to say that publicly. If they believe that, I do think, I think people are honest with us, but if they believe that, I think that's a tough thing to say publicly because you never want to be seen as somebody blaming the fans, you know, um, especially because so many of those players are reaping rewards of those fans, which is the point I was making. You can't have one without the other. You really yeah. can't. And the, the it's a double-edged sword. I'm sorry. It's a double-edged sword. It is. It's like, 
The thing that drives us to be as happy and passionate and supportive as we can be is the same thing that drives us to expect excellence and not to allow anything less. But the thing I would continue to argue is it's a little bit of a chicken or the egg. What comes first? The bad play and the failing and then the toxicity or the toxicity and then the bad play? And I've lived through it enough. It's the bad play. A hundred percent. And, you know, as of like a month ago, there was, it was not toxic around Archie Miller when we were, what was it, seven and five or something like that in the conference? Yeah, it was seven and five. It wasn't, Ward, you could go back and check our text message chain. It's nowhere close to what it was the last couple of weeks. I think this whole season has been not great. I'd say at the beginning of the season, you already had about a 50-50 split. Maybe maybe slightly more people still on the Archie train than off, but with each passing loss, it got worse and worse. So by I'd say the the you know, even with the first Northwestern loss, the first Purdue loss, then it really started tumbling downhill. I agree. There were moments that made you feel that, but we were seven and five in the Big Ten, and we thought we had a decent chance to be comfortably in the NCAA tournament. And when that dissipated, and then we were seven and seven, and we lost six in a row or whatever it was to end the season, or seven, we ended up seven and 12, right? It, the, the toxicity snowballed because of the horrible play. And so I do reject that that was the reason, and he didn't even say this. Like he backed away from saying like that was a, or even a big reason why they didn't play well, but he does think it seeps in and affects them that it's such a subjective thing. You can't prove it one way or the other. I know as a fan that we jumped aboard the negative train when it seemed like it was over. Yeah. It seemed like we had crossed the Rubicon, we had (laughs) passed the point of no return. And then it was just like, I can't deal with it. I need to think that there's the light at the end of the tunnel. And the light at the end of the tunnel was switching regimes. That is what the light at the end of the tunnel was. And it's funny because I didn't get to say this, but he said, well, you guys are happy now. Happy is not the word for me. And I get that some people are. I'm not happy because I feel terrible for the guys that got fired. I really do. I'm not happy. I'm hopeful. I'm extremely hopeful. And I haven't been hopeful for a while. I compartmentalize. I take my moments of recognizing people as human beings. Like this show has really driven that home for me, you know, our podcast talking to these people as human beings and I don't lose sight of that. But that's that's here and then I'm over here in in let's say a less personal space where it's just about the program and the fandom and to me, you know, Jay was absolutely right that we we wanted what we wanted and by voicing negativity or or not voicing anything at all apathy we we got the result we wanted because to me by the middle of this season i was fighting myself game to game to not root against the team which is messed up and i did for a fan to be i don't want to do that i'm not willing myself to do that this is just three and a half years of of being miserable Yeah, yeah, I think it's honestly good that we have that power as fans because, you know, I'll go back to it. Would we be happy with what, would we trade places with Purdue for the last 15 years? Sure, but maybe about 10 years into it, you know, it's like, look, they came so close to the Final Four, but they didn't get there. 
and that kind of thing, you know, it'd buy you time like it would at any program. But Purdue is happy with Painter, by and large, forever doing what he's doing. And to me, uh, that'd be a great start. That'd be a good first uh, eight, 10 years if you get us up into that kind of level of consistency. But look, man, if if you've only won a couple of Big Ten titles and you haven't got us into the, the final four, uh, 10 years from now, the clock's ticking, man. I got gray in my hair. We got to go. It was Tom Cream. I mean, that was Tom Cream. A couple Big Ten titles after nine years, and you can't even really count the first three years, but didn't think that the trajectory, to your point, was trajectory. In the direction. But I also say, like, I go back to, it's, I don't, the Mike Davis hire does not count. It, there are so many extenuating circumstances on that one. But it's three guys. We've made the wrong hire three times. Kentucky made the wrong hire twice. Yep. They made Tubby Smith was the same kind of thing as Tom Crean. He did win a championship right away with Patino's players, but then it was this like trajectory wasn't good. They got rid of him. They got Gillespie. It didn't work out. And then they struck it rich with Calipari, North Carolina. They went to the the longtime assistant uh, Guthridge. That didn't work out long-term. They brought in Matt Doherty. That didn't work out. Roy Williams, they hit it. And we, we missed. And, and, and to our credit, I think we have more patience. Like how long was Gillespie there? Two years. seasons. Two with years. Doherty, the same thing. Two seasons. Yeah. Was it two only for Doherty? No, I, no, 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 no. I don't think so. Uh, I think Doherty was there longer. Uh, but but it, not, not uh, any less than what we gave all these guys, with the exception of Samson, because that was very extenuating circumstances. So to me, I think any potential coach coming in, three, any potential coach coming into this situation is like, yeah, high pressure gig. They're gonna demand excellence sooner rather than later, but look at how much time they gave Tom. Look at like, they gave Archie four years of mediocrity at best. If you're the guy, you're not gonna be worried about what what you're doing in year three or four. You're gonna have this program humming by that point. And so so I just don't I don't think it's it's on us that a coach avoids coming here because if they don't think they can get it done in four years, they're the wrong guy. They're the wrong guy. And here's the other thing that I think is hysterical that we kind of all lose sight of. It's like, well, the fans are toxic, they could go about it a different way. The sport exists because of us. <laughs> right? Like, let's not forget that the only reason this whole thing matters is because of us. Because we watch the television broadcasts, we buy merchandise, we buy tickets to the games, we support. That is the only reason any of it matters. So if anyone is going to have a voice in it, it should be us. In TV shows, you know who has the voice? The fans. If they don't like the show, it goes away quick sometimes after two episodes and like, jay's no dummy jay knows somebody asks you about iu it's a good thing to answer because there are so many of us even after 20 years of frustration our numbers compare with any other program with the country as far as us who are invested and even coming on to this show with us, knowing it's going to be more of a niche audience than he's used to, going right into the lion's den, it's still one of the biggest lion dens in the entire country. And he knows getting paid the way he does very well, no doubt, that if you get an Indiana fan base to go away, to become apathetic, that's not good for the sports bottom line. And if we get all in and we start showing up in March Madness and like, we're already like hanging in there really well, but 
you've seen what the message boards have been like the last couple of days. Everybody's back into an excited. It's good for the sport. It's good for everybody's wallet to have us being a relevant program again. It's what Michael Lewis said. It's good for college football to have Notre Dame be relevant. It's good for college basketball for Indiana to be relevant. And by the way, it's also good for Kentucky to be relevant, UCLA to be relevant, and Duke and North Carolina and Kansas. It is. Um, that was really fun. Uh, I, I do hope he enjoyed it. He's totally lying when he said it was an honor. I mean, that is just total horseshit. I think <laughs> you know that. Um, you know, I, I, I think it was, it I got, that, can, oh, it got a little, it did get a little, a little testy, a little contentious, a little heated, but I think there was all, what's that? Contentious? Is that not a word? That is not a word. Contentious. 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 Word. Yeah. We just made can up I another add, one. Can I edit that? No, no, no. Contentious. Jay, Jay's so smart. I, I, I just, to really put, you gotta it in. You gotta put my it. stupidity. Dude, if you edit it out, I'll tweet it out. That's fine. Contentiously. Yes. Is yeah, that what I said? It got very contentuistic. I didn't say that, did I? No, I'm just using your word and adding on a suffix. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Okay. It got all that. But ultimately, I think there was more smiles and laughs than there was tension. Yeah, I mean, look, we felt the need to defend our fan base. And I'll go back to what I said. I can tell a Jew joke, okay? Right. You can tell jokes about great hair. That's right. Those are my people. But somebody from the outside comes in and says something bad about us. We can't have that. We know we're irrational. We know that we're unrealistic. But God darn it. Darn it. I'm not going to use the GD. Gosh darn it. Uh, that is our God-given right as Indiana Hoosier fans to be unrationable. We are completely unrationable, and we will circle the wagons. Somebody comes after us, we'll circle the wagons, we'll defend ourselves. I'm really glad Jay got, uh, gave us the opportunity to do so because we're a family. We're one big, crazy, sometimes dysfunctional family. But right now, we are all rowing in the same direction. And it's really fun. It's We, we are until a decision is made. That, 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 don't jump ahead. I'm saying however many days or weeks this lasts, this is the most exciting it's been to be an Indiana fan really since the last time we did this and i don't love maybe the couple of michigan state wins yeah, you know I I, look before this season started i was super excited i i nothing beats the games to me um, you weren't the fan base was not excited going into this season as they are right now okay and, that's and i'll say i maybe, still say i am not happy right now i am hopeful right now and the decision will determine whether i am happy or not for me, uh, hopeful and happy go hand in hand. Like I can be happy if I have hope. And now, right, the yes, decision I is- I agree. I can be happy if I have hope. The hope is there. And now I am waiting for the hope to manifest in something that makes me happy. Look, man, we're Indiana fans. You gotta take the happy when you can, because it could all be I'm over. I'm happy Jay Billis came on the podcast, okay? I'm, I'm tickled pink. I'm tickled crimson. I'm tickled cream. Mm. That's a thing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No E, no I. But the sometimes why. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Those in any search we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics.